guys, uh, we'll start off with an intro into what we've been doing in gaming. We've not actually had one of these since before Christmas. Uh, so uh, last time we were talking, we were planning out our Christmas gaming. Um, how did that go for you guys, Joe? Oh, Christmas gaming. So long ago. I don't think I played much over Christmas. Nothing much springs to mind, but I did uh, have a, a wee trip to visit our friend Matt on his little island home. It doesn't own the whole island. And uh, we played... Not yet. Not yet, no. <laughs> and uh, played lots of uh, Lords of War cards in the pub, which mentioned a previous episode, I think. And also mm-hmm. yep. had a game of, of Warpack with Matt. Um, so we can come on to that when we're covering Warpack, although it's changed a fair bit since that game. So. Mm-hmm. Due to the feedback from that game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, but like you say, we'll talk about that later. Um <laughs> Oh, sorry, yeah, I was just going to say as well, and I've played a game of, of Warhammer, which I think is the first one I've played since Battle Brothers, pretty much. I had a game against Pete, um, the Orcs taking on the Empire, which was uh, which was pretty good, quite fun. We are both playing fairly softish lists, I guess, and it was Watchtower, and uh, uh, I thought I'd lost the game at one point when he, he killed my war boss. Uh, I write. <laughs> I did because I had the trolls in the watchtower. So I was like, "Well, that's the trolls testing the leadership for to stay in the watchtower. They're doomed." But uh, they made it on a reroll from the battle standard, <laughs> and uh, held it at the end of the game. So, trolls for the win. There. Uh, yep. Okay. So, and um, anything else after that before before this Monday session when you came around here? Uh, no, that, I think that's it. Apart from. Uh, this Monday's extravaganza. Okay, so um, you played Sedition Wars uh, j- just briefly, uh, I suppose, really just a bit of a learning game. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, that's tricky because that game was just over so quickly, and it uh, um, it seemed like it's a, it's a strange mission because it was over, and it seemed like it was quite a gamey way, wasn't it? Quite fiddly, where suddenly yeah, you know, all, all the suddenly all the the Marines run past the. Zombies and moving, being able to move <laughs> through diagonals in a space station-based game is not something we're used to when we're to, when you think about Space Hulk. <laughs> it's moving through diagonals, being able to go a long, long way, and it's yeah, it's not a great learning scenario. It's, it's, it's you know, a scenario one in the mission book, and it's not really long enough to pick up the rules because yeah, you're you're forced to go quite quick, and it'll go be over in three turns when you've not really played that much. Uh, yeah, yeah, it will be if, if someone just realises that that's what they've got to do. You've just got to rush with the uh, vanguard guys. Um, but I suppose if you didn't know that, you might get into a proper fight in the middle room. Yeah, mate, partly be- it's probably quite a lot of it because I've played it about five times. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I might I might not have run everyone in, but I think Colin had arrived by that point and we kind of need to finish anyway. Yeah, we need to finish anyway, so it was, it was fair enough. But so I it, tightened the screws, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, it, but it was at that point I couldn't really defend from it anyway because yeah. it already got, got past the zombies. And uh, I'm not sure, it almost went over too quickly, I'm not sure what I think of position was. But um, there's bits I quite like and then there's bits that feel a bit fiddly for for um, you know, a board game at that level. Yeah. Like I've seen there's like a lot of fiddly bits for the movement and for what each guy can do and did it matter that much yeah a couple of bits are quite old fashioned about it with the you're, you're actually counting up d6 counting up the scores on d6s rather than just looking at how much you need to get on a, on it um uh, and, the, and the board as well like it wasn't always obvious 
where cover was and windows and things like that. Like, found that a bit tricky. Mm. I feel like they could have been maybe marked a bit more. I mean, the boards look nice. They look really great. Yeah, they went more for art than for uh, than for uh, yeah, real choice. Yeah. yeah, cool. Okay, Colin. We've actually been playing quite a bit recently, I suppose. We're not counting our uh, pumpkin bomb stuff. Is that? Well, absolutely. Yep, yeah, pumpkin yeah. bomb, pumpkin bomb <laughs> on the same night, so which you will come back to. Uh, yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, before that, uh, I got Ankh Pork for Christmas, so played that a few times. I think we've had two two player games, haven't we, Grant? Yep. And uh, one three-player game when Dylan was down as well, uh, and I thought it made a big difference having the three players over the two. It was quite, it was, it's good fun with two, but it was it was a lot more interesting with three, I think. Yeah, you have a you have a whole meta game there where yeah, and uh, a sort of worker placement game. Yeah, I think you, would, you would class that. Yeah. But as you move your your minions, your workers in and out of um, areas, you sort of start trouble and end trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In that area, so you can imagine the different areas of Ankh-Morpork becoming. This is a, a city in 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 the Discworld setting of yeah. uh, Terry Pratchett's. Yeah. It's just so nice and simple. It's just like there's only a couple of mechanics to the whole game. Basically, you pick a card. Uh, you've got five cards all the time. You pick a card. You you do what the card says on it. There's never any rules you have to remember. It's always just something the card says. You do exactly what that card says. Well, that's a wee bit. Of that. There's there's a few things you have to remember, but it's really not much at all. And even Dylan, who kind of always, he's he's he doesn't um I don't know. <laughs> he's always a bit reluctant to play brand new games. I think, uh, but he picked that one up really quickly. Seemed to enjoy it quite a lot as well. And uh, yeah, it was just great fun. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, we hopefully playing a bit more of that in the future. That's good. Who makes that? Which uh, company is that? I have no idea actually. Boxes downstairs. Uh, I don't think it was anybody I'd seen before. Oh, right, so I was just wondering if it was Fantasy Flight or something. Yeah, it wasn't. Fa- I don't think it was Fantasy no. Flight or Days I'll of Tell you what, even though even though it wasn't Fantasy Flight, and we are, you know, we're a big fan of cardboard in this show. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say just listen to episode two, but you probably don't want to listen to episode no. two. Just take our just wait, take our word for it. It wasn't it wasn't our most professional um, attempt. Oh, well, certainly uh, our most drunk attempt. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. Only, oh, here we go. It's Tree Frog Games. Tree Frog, who I've cool. never never played one of their games before. Don't yeah. think. No, I've not. Um, heard the best, the best, the best um, punch board, cardboard chits uh, I've ever I've ever punched <laughs> wow. out. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, and it even comes with some uh, wooden meeple style stuff as well. You've got uh, troll chips. You've got little minion chips. You've got, troll chips. That's yeah. Brilliant. And devil chips. No demon chips. I think they are. Uh, so these little characters you place in the board, so it's quite cool because the board's quite the board's quite pretty itself. It doesn't really look like a board, a, a game board, because it's just really a city map, uh, and you place all your little guys all over it. So it looks quite cool towards the end of the game when you've got cards lined about everywhere and little guys and demons and trolls all over the shop. Um, yeah, but it's good. It's good graphic design as well. I mean, we're talking about Sedition Wars there, where um, the the graphic design wasn't great because they were going down an artistic route with the board but the but I think Moorpork was really nice looking and it was obvious where the boundaries are between the different yeah. areas you're trying to gra- grab control of yeah yeah it might be trying to grab yeah might be trying to grab control of because one of the best things about it is this or you you have a secret mission uh, yeah. that isn't revealed till 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 it's till the game's won yeah yeah absolutely and it's i Sounds think good. yeah i think that's kind of I, I think i've played games where that's 
the case before where you know you don't know exactly what the other people are doing mm, and it risk. seems a bit conf- yeah. yeah i and it I, it seems a bit confusing sometimes you're trying to guess but it's quite hard to guess but i felt like in a more pork it's actually it's a bit more poker like and that there's only a few ways a few things the person can be doing and it's actually possible to guess based on what they're doing unless they're really bluffing you and really kind of trying to hide it quite well um it's yeah i don't know it just added a really nice dimension to it and i thought it worked quite well cool and uh a couple of nights ago you got in a game of uh dreadball for the first indeed, time indeed first ever game i really liked it i thought it was great actually i yeah i really enjoyed it I, I didn't expect to because well partly because i don't know you, I was, you don't like the visuals of it do you no i think it looks crap i think it looks really bad I think it looks like it was not not was, my painting, of course. No, 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 not the <laughs> painting. painting well, nice. I mean the board and the manual, and you, it's all the kind of the pre-made stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think I think it even looks a bit like it's badly printed because like it's a wee bit kind of low resolution and stuff like that. I just think it's all a bit amateur looking. Mm-hmm. But I think oh, the game's really good. I know. Well, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I exactly you weren't a fan. You weren't a fan of the uh, Sedition Wars cards as well, were you? No, not really. Yeah, I quite um, like the. I I see what you mean. It's not the. Oh, by the way, the cards. <laughs> the the cards are probably the some of the worst um, cut cards I've ever played with. Really? They're bare. They're barely laminated. And anyway, um, once we get onto playing with those, but. Um, but game-wise, yes, you, you liked it, Cole? Yes, I did. I really liked the game. I thought it was nice and fast. It was uh, there were there were enough options in it, but actually, you just kind of wanted to get to the goal and, and score. It wasn't so much strategy that you were kind of paralysed with options. Uh, and yeah, it's it's yeah, it was just quite cool. I think I don't know whether the um, the hexes makes quite a difference. I've, I, you don't often, well, I don't often play on a hex board, so it's quite nice having that mm. kind of uh, a, bit, a few more options for movement. <laughs> don't know if that sounds stupid, but I just quite. Oh well, yeah, you got a huge control. amount of um, variety, which yeah. means you can't really sort of cage up and surround your surround your ball carry with other yeah. guys. But yeah, then you—that's the first thing you did, and it worked. So <laughs> I, I might be wrong on that because <laughs> yeah. you had him against the wall. Well, I, I, that wasn't deliberate at all, actually. Not at first, anyway. And I started playing on it after I realised what had happened. So it was kind of accidental. But yeah, um, I didn't end up being able to do that. I think all the checks were really quite easy as well. Um, so you ended up like I was reading the piece of paper every time, checking it, and it, but it was really easy to pick up. And actually, suddenly. I was realizing like where the strengths of the rats were and uh, being able to run by and you know where your weakness was and stuff like that. And I was way down. I was down by about four or five points towards the end. But because yep. of the kind of because of the varying point scoring, so you can get to the end and score the yeah. four, there was always a chance, which is quite cool. Because you know, some quite often with a game, you end up you're losing yeah. halfway through, and it's pretty hot. You know, it's pretty unlikely you're going to win back. Yeah, but that's a good point. Yeah. Dreadball seems like it gives you that chance. It's hard. It's difficult to yeah. get to that four-pointer, but it always it's always there, sitting there, just egging you on. Plus, nice. plus, even if you are losing, there's you can only lose by so much. <laughs> yes. As soon as I, as soon as some scores uh, gets an eight-point lead on you, the game yeah. ends. I like that as victory. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Aye. So as soon as you get humped, you're not humped into <laughs> total embarrassment. At least it just <laughs> stops. <laughs> The pain ends fairly okay. soon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was a great game. I'd love to have another game soon. 
It's good. I can see why. I remember you telling me about it, Grant, when we first, when you first got hold of it, that there was leagues around the country and it seemed to be taken off a lot. And I was just kind of, I wasn't really because my only experience is Blood Bowl, and I know legions of people around the country love Blood Bowl, but I just, I just never really got into it. So I just couldn't really see how a game just like that would be so. Well, I suppose Blood Bowl is uh, popular. Awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I really enjoyed it. It was cool. Cool. Um, any more games, guys? I think I've played every game with you. Oh, except you'll be jealous of this. I played um, uh, Ticket to Ride a couple oh. of nights ago with Neil, my really? brother. How yep. is it? Um, it was really good. It was good fun. Uh, just just the one game. Um, you kind of have secret missions a bit because you, you, the routes that you score lots of points off are on cards. You get destination cards that are hidden. So, um, And you basically have to pick up uh, uh, you have to spend a certain amount of your resource of different resources to get different tracks and some tracks are the tracks of varying lengths and you pick up cards all the time you're actually spending more turns picking up cards than you are spending them to buy you kind of buy tracks between certain cities and certain connections between cities um, you spend certain resources on now different resources they're actually different types of car so I'd imagine I, I wasn't looking too much at what they were supposed to be uh, sort of fluff wise but I think you had sort of industrial areas of of the you know of early America being kind of a coal and the richer areas are just sort of passengers with these big sort of uh, sort of passenger cars on them uh, so I think they kind of tell us a bit of a story there, uh, but mainly it's just you know working out as as Neil said it's a bit like Jin Rummy where you're you're trying to figure out uh, what your opponents what your opponents trying to pick up and see which right. tracks they're going for because mm. at some point you might want to block block your opponent uh, as well because you're picking up from the same source of cards and they're face up most of the time. Right. Uh, so yeah, that that's fun. I'd like to play that again. Oh, cool. It's funny you mention that because I uh, just about an hour ago I was looking at uh, a review of Small World on iPad, mm-hmm. uh, and I noticed in that review they were saying Ticket to Rides on there as well, and I've just discovered it's only four ninety nine on the iPad, so I'm going to buy it this evening. <laughs> cool. Uh, and you can play pass and play on it, so uh, I can see if I could persuade Kate to have a go at it and uh, <laughs> play it on here. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, is that our uh, is that us um, updated up? That's probably one of our most prolific, probably one of our most prolific uh, reports. Yeah, it's about, it's about three months to or something worth. But uh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to talk about more about. Uh, well, first of all, Colin has an update on. Colin's bought a new book, which he's going to tell us about. Oh. So some Warhammer goodness after the break. <laughs> And we're back with Dyson with Design, okay? And Colin's got a topic for us now because he's bought the new Warhammer Fantasy Battles Dwarf book. Indeed, dwarfs. Was it all you? Was it all as cracked up to be? Um, how long have you been playing Warhammer for, Colin? Uh, how long have we been playing for it? When was it that I brought my dwarfs over to Matt's house when he lived opposite Kelvin Hall? Would that have been like two thousand? Eight or nine? Probably, yeah, maybe eight. That was eight? before my thirtieth. Before, that, before yeah. my thirtieth birthday, so it's coming up for five years. Ago. Five years, it's probably about right. Yeah, why'd you ask? 
because I believe this is the first time you've actually had a, oh, yeah. a new army book for one of your armies. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you've, you've been using like ancient army books. <laughs> so yeah, I've been using the Brett book, which is what, 10, year, 10 years old in a bit? Yeah. Uh, and the dwarfs, which are, yeah, six or seven. <laughs> so yeah, I've got a dwarf book in front of me. Ah. <laughs> uh, and do you know what? After six years of waiting, I have <laughs> two new units. <laughs> Count them. Two. Two units. Two. One's not really new, is it? It's just no. an old one that does something yeah, a bit different. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the bastards. Yeah, I'm going to try not to moan too much. It is a, oh, it's just a bit. You're a dwarf. Know. You have to grumble. That's exactly. Grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> so yeah, I've got the book in front of me. It's it's nice. It's the same as all the other rule books. It's a nice hardback, very colourful. Uh, it seems to be. I've not actually read all the fluff in detail yet, so I'm not sure how much of that they've recycled or whether it's all brand new. Uh, so I won't comment that. But the pictures, I mean, at least half of the pictures are old. They've not even had much new what? art made up for it. At least half of it. I'm not sure how much exactly, but like pretty much all of the fluff images I've seen before. Um, but they've but they coloured in. Uh, well, they were probably coloured before, I guess. They were but <laughs> turn black and but white. But at least you get your old recycled fluff images coloured in. Exactly. Like yeah. and goblins, you get <laughs> recycled they're, fluff they're images. In they're, they're in colour. They're in they're brown in... and sepia. Sepia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two colours. Yeah. So yeah, what new stuff we got? What have we got? We've got a couple of. Uh, well, we've got a, a nice. Well, okay, I'll start at the start. Army special rules. We've got uh, ancestral grudge, which is quite nice. Um, oh, yeah. Great, yeah, a third but, chance of being completely hatred. Well, having hatred of any army, which is quite good. It's, uh, it's good, but does that matter for like two of my armies since I play orcs and skaven? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Aye, so you've got them. ancestral good, and then you've got hatred of two other armies as well. Yes, for dwarves. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah. Okay. Aye. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, we'll still hate the orcs and goblins. Uh, now hate skaven, which is which makes sense fluff I guess. Uh, we've got a five to six to. Have a seething score to settle, so hatred on any other army. Uh, otherwise, you get either uh, the general... Ha well, uh, the, the worst is that the general has hatred against the opposing army's general, which is quite nice, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the mid, the mid ground, the three to four, is um, all friendly characters hate the uh, opposing character models. So that'll make a difference at some point, I guess. Um, beyond that, what else we got? Yeah. What are the refaction specific rules to the the dwarves? Do they still have the like penalties to pursuit and uh, we still have uh, no. Do you know what? That's not mentioned. The penalties to pursuit to pursue uh, to anyone listening. If I miss in and out and get it wrong, I haven't read this in absolute word to word detail yet. But ah, sorry, just a, a yeah, exactly yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've not seen. No, I don't think they've got a penalty to pursue. Not that I've seen. Um, so they just get all these bonuses. They yeah, totally. <laughs> They've still got relentless, so we still don't have to do leadership for chart for marching. Uh, we've the, there's a couple of really nice ones actually. One of them is resolute. So now we get plus one strength on a charge, any charge, uh, which is a very useful rule. It's yeah. Sounds a bit stupid. <laughs> <Why> <laughs> Says the non-dwarf. Because <laughs> we're like hefty and stout. They're not renowned for charging. Are they dwarves? <laughs> no, they're built for sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> for sprinting. Oh, I suppose yeah. maybe. That's yeah, true. Okay. And on, on the other side, we get shield wall, which is a plus one uh, to parry as well on the charge on when we take a charge, I should say. Yeah. 
Because they've got like five or six army specific special rules that are all good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and plus, we uh, dwarf crafted weapons as well don't have the minus one to hit on uh, stand and shoot. So that's quite good. That's good, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple of nice things there uh, to make up for the fact that I get bugger all new stuff. Uh, what about uh, your runes? Because that's how you—that's how your um, magic items are are made. As you sort of make them, you're still making them from scratch. Yep, of, yep. To order. Yeah, yeah. Um, the runes haven't. Well, they've changed a bit. So there's some new ones. Uh, mostly just old ones. Most of it's just the same. Uh, but there's a few added in. Um, there's the kind of the biggest change actually is the fact that some of the runes have a kind of a leveling feature now. So you've got a. Uh, you buy one level and you get a certain thing, but if you buy a second level, well, I'll give you an example. Where's one? The Rune of Striking. So um, you pay 10 points and you get a weapon engraved. The Rune of Striking grants its wielder plus one weapon skill, but you can pay another level in the Rune of Striking. So two runes of striking and that gets you a plus one weapon skill and you get to reroll field to hits in close combat. But then you get a third level as well. So a third Rune of Striking and you have... Weapon skill 10 and reroll failed uh, to hit rolls. Right, okay. How many how many runes are there then? They're quite a lot. Because yeah. there's loads in the old book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's probably, if not the same, at least at least the same, if not more. Uh, about, what, 20, 30 or so? Yeah. What are we talking about? Two, four, six, seven, That's pretty good. And most times it's been stripped down to like eight magic items. Yeah, probably more like 50, to be honest, Joe. 50, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, something like that. Plus, well, this is the this is the actual new thing. We get ancestral heirlooms now as well. So these are the magic items, basically, uh, to make ah, up for the fact right. that we don't get magic items. Apart from the however many you can make from 50 different components. Ah, they, they don't count. They're just runes. <laughs> they just charge up And apart things. from all the ones in the main rule book that everyone gets. Oh, we can't use them anymore. Oh, you can't use them? Nah, uh, we're not allowed uh, to. Dwarf characters may not select magic items from the Warhammer rulebook. Ah right, that's a change, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Ah, uh, yeah, we could at least use like the rune of, uh, sorry, the, the what was it, the crown of making us even more stubborn. I don't think they could. Well, maybe they couldn't. Is it was it demons and dwarves who couldn't use them? I'm not sure to be honest. <laughs> I probably no, I used them anyway. Rune yeah <laughs> so yeah the heirlooms i'll give you i'll give you one of the heirlooms uh the most expensive heirloom the banner of lost holds is a magic standard for 100 points uh and sure uh, give out points values call what's that sorry yeah, actually, oh, is that that is the, well strictly speaking it's all the copyrighted material but oh, really? uh, I, I think what they what stops people where they draw the line most of the time, I think, from what I heard, is 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 the points values. Mm. They don't like points. So don't tell us that one. Tell us another expensive. Oh, okay, okay. Thing. I said, that was the wrong thing anyway. Banner, it wasn't. It wasn't hundred points at all. It was someone else, don't worry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the the armor of uh, Boric Beetlebrow, uh, the magnificent armor of Boric Beetlebrow grants the wearer a two plus hour save. In addition, the armor of Boric grants the bearer a three plus ward save above all uh, against oh, all attacks of strength six or higher. Oh, straight six. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. Okay, it's pretty standard stuff. There's not, uh, there's nothing I've seen that is like kind of amazing or completely different from, you know, the standard magic items in the books. Um, although, what about actually, banners? Is there a crazy banner? Well, actually, I've just noticed one that is. Uh, 
I've been hearing something about getting Vanguard a lot of dwarf units. I've seen that on some of the forums. Like people seem to be saying that's a good thing. To, I think they get that through a banner or something. Oh, really? I've not spotted that one. I just, sorry, I just saw the one. The Silver Horn of Vengeance uh, is something that gets you uh, a devastating charge against... No, and fear if it's against high elves or wood elves. So some kind of fluff against uh, against the elves. <laughs> I thought it was all just against Skaven and or uh, goblins that we got it. Oh, well, yeah. Strange it's not against dark elves if it's the thing about grudges against elves. No, yeah. just high elves and wood elves. <laughs> <laughs> not against the really bad elves. No, just no, against no. the elves who, who we're no. quite annoyed with. Yeah, no, we don't we don't hate the dark elves. As They've much. not actually realised yet that they're quite annoyed about the they're quite annoyed about the elves because it was the dark elves that started it. <laughs> But they were wearing white cloaks at the time, so they didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> they covered up all the purple clothes just to to, to hide themselves. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think that's how the story goes. That sounds about right. Yeah. The War of the Beard. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've just found the one you're talking about, Joe. Uh, Strollaz's rune. It's um, standard. Uh, bearing this rune confers the Vanguard deployment special rule to the bearer's unit. So yeah. Cool. And I hey. take it you could take that a few times, could you? With you could, yeah. It's not. It's not too much, yeah. But if you can't take it on a cannon, then why? Then why bother with the, with the dwarves? <laughs> you've. I mean, you've never sat back and uh, just sat back and shot people off, uh, Carl. Which is not probably often. why you wind up. One of the reasons why you wind up hating playing, hating playing the dwarves <laughs> a lot of the time, because yeah. you, you, it's the only way you could. You know, it's really the optimal way of, of playing with them, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Um, do you think there's much there to encourage folks to come forward? I mean, you just talked about Vanguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure because I think one of the th well, one of the other things that has happened in this book is that the Anvil of Doom is basically a bit crap now. Because uh, they've well, the reason I mention that is because they've uh, destroyed it. Well, they've taken away its uh, free move rule, so you don't get that anymore. So it's just, what is that again? You get an immune to psychology, an extra armor save, or uh, a magic missile, basically. So not too much. Right. Well, I mean, the magic missiles are just, right. Um, does it use bound spells? Yes, bound spells as well, yeah. So it, it didn't, did it? It just no. did them as it's in the shooter yeah, phase. Exactly. So now you like can the, spell it, yeah. You yeah. couldn't spell it before, could yeah, you? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like the old Cauldron of Blood. It just happened. Yeah. Uh, um, but... If you don't have spells to draw in some of your opponent's um, dispel dice, I don't think I don't think that's going to work at all. No. Depending on how easy they are to get off, but you yeah. only get one bound spell. Uh, well, actually, it looks in this rule. I'd I probably have to get it clarified with you guys because it seems a bit funny. But it looks like you can do all three say? of them every turn. All right. Yeah, three, that three spells. Sense. Yeah, that's kind of like warrior priests. They have several prayers and yeah. they can do them all each turn. Right. So but are they all going to be useful? What what are they again? Uh, plus one armor save, uh, immune to psychology, and uh, the magic missile. Yeah. Right. Well, by the time you're in combat, you're the when everything's in combat, the magic missile is going to be useless. Yeah. Um. If you you're, you're, you're yeah, you're going to need that as a dwarf, are you? No. Exactly. Ten, ten yeah. leadership with a reroll. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing the only thing you want to be the only thing that might be far away from your general is going to be one of your uh, flyers and you want them to run away anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
to, to, to get them clear of any anything that's charging them. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound great. No. no and by no. The, so you know it's you know the what is it an extra armor save? Yeah, plus one. You're going to save your dice save. for that, and so's your and so's and so's your opponent. <laughs> well, there there's your ma- there's your magic there's your dwarf magic face. Yeah. Um, it's just, unless uh, unless there's something in the details I'm very much mistaken with, I think that's going to be that's just a waste of paper on yeah. that page on. That's it, pretty it's much. Tactical expose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take Anvil of Doom. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's just a shame because it's quite a. It's it a, quite it's a great centerpiece. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's it would be great if it was more useful. Like it wasn't that much. It wasn't that useful before because it was just so expensive. And actually, it was quite hard to get the runes off unless you were using the uh, special character, whatever his name was, that gave you the reroll. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's, a, it's just a great image of this. Just they just roll up this huge anvil, plonk it down, and there's this big mental dwarf with a hammer just <laughs> clanging, just banging and yeah. banging and. The, the clangs reverberating around the battlefield as yeah. their effects are felt everywhere. Yeah. But no, not uh, well. I'd, I'd love to see it work. Yeah, but totally. like I said, I've not even read the book, and but it sounds like, oh, it sounds like bad. Yeah, and I don't understand them taking away the move aspect of it either. I mean, that was that was one of the coolest things about it. That was the reason to take it because it got the dwarfs that free move. It got the dwarfs to actually yeah. go somewhere. What they do, but it'd be a bit overpowered now. Maybe if you sorry, if you got the, the strollers rune as well, it'd be a bit much. If you could move your dwarves twelve inches and then they have their normal move, and then you can bang the angle, anvil and move them again, mm. they're going to be, you know, faster than wolf riders. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but it's only was it only once? No, it wasn't. No, they could use it more than that, couldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, we did used to do like D three units or something on the total power D three. Yeah, on the double one. Power. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was so, pretty cool. <laughs> so I can see why they might have toned that down if if they put the strollers rune in. But it might have been better to to keep the the strollers rune thing as something that the anvil did. Yeah, yeah, totally. Make it more unique rather than just something you put on a banner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what can you but tell yeah. us about the new units thing, Cole? The new units. Uh, so, uh, well, changes to old units. Uh, first, then I'll get to I'll get to the brand new ones at the end. Right. Uh, hammerers are now totally awesome. Uh, they were pretty they were good before. Really good, weren't they? Though? They were pretty good, yeah. But they've now uh, they've now got the first um, two attacks. Uh, there are now the two first two attacks oh, right. unit of the dwarfs. Wow, yeah, which is cool. That's, that's uh, on the charge with with the powered up charge thing, they get strength seven as well. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so hammerers, <laughs> a, a massive unit of hammerers running in the charge with strength seven hits two attacks. That's going to do a bit of damage be quite nice yeah they're, they're nasty nastier than the i guess they're like the, the dwarf equivalent of sword masters aren't they hammer masters <laughs> oh really yeah yeah because elf sword masters have two attacks each and great weapons yeah but they still go on their initiative they're really fast whereas hammers will be slow but it's gonna hurt isn't it it's 27 <laughs> absolutely whatever your charge yeah. yeah they've they've changed uh what was that again they don't you know the power they used to get when they joined the lord's unit Oh, they used to get stubborn, didn't they? Yeah. What was they that haven't got stubborn anymore. Something's changed. No, they are stubborn. Oh, they're they're, they're oh, just right. stubborn they just as a special no rule now. Character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they're just stubborn, oh. but they get yeah. king's guard, which means that anyone, uh, if a dwarf general is in the unit, so it's not the king anymore; it's just a general. Uh, any member can accept a challenge. Oh. oh. Okay. So that could come in handy sometimes, I guess. 
I don't know about it. No. <laughs> it might come in handy for enemies who are trying to avoid their characters getting killed yeah. by but actually, yeah. challenges taunting you so you fight them with one dwarf yeah but the whole point of right. a dwarf general generally is that he can is that he wants to, anyone. Yeah, he can, yeah, exactly he can just take whatever they throw at him and then smack them with a hammer exactly <laughs> yeah good but point. i suppose it might be handy for a roomsmith if you had roomsmiths yeah i suppose i yeah if you use that as a general yep <laughs> uh okay yeah so hammers they're pretty cool now uh, most of the units have gone up in price. Um, Quarrelers, Thunderers are all up, I think. Longbeards are up. Warriors were eight before, weren't they? I don't know. I, don't I think they them. were. I'm sure they were. I'm, I'm sure they weren't seven. So yeah, they're the same. Iron Breakers are fourteen as well. Um, don't think any of them have changed. Miners get uh, something fancy. Don't they? Oh no, actually no, it wasn't them. Sorry. Anyway, let's get to the ones that have actually properly changed. Get to the, get to the new, the new Yeah, copter. the gyro, the gyrocopter. Uh, so yeah, the normal gyrocopter has almost halved in price. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, it's, it's a bit cheaper, I should say. Well, no, that's right. Almost halved in price. <laughs> yeah, true. That's half, that's approximate. <laughs> um, plus, you can have six of them now in an army. Yeah. So you can have like a unit of them. <laughs> well, how they much don't... would that cost you to buy? <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Are they like a thirty pound kit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they're not. A, they're not a unit. They're still a unit size of one, but it just means that you can have a whole bunch of them. Uh, plus, they get a um, a funny thing. Well, a bomb basically. They get a dive bomb, just like the gyro bomber, uh, except it's a one off. Uh, it's a bit weaker, and you can only use it once per game. So that's quite good. Just uh, sort of wait for yeah, the right target. You do like a flyover. Yeah, so it's like in the fly over and drop some. Yeah, exactly. It's in the um, remaining moves section of the uh, of the turn. You can say anything that you flew over. You can choose it, and you can drop a. a, a actually, was the gyro one a target? Uh, is the basically well the gyro bomber is the proper new unit, and it's about the same price ish as the old gyrocopter. Uh, it doesn't have a steam gun. It's just got a kind of machine gun thing, which isn't very good. But um, the big thing is that it can drop a bomb every single turn. Uh, and yeah. the way it works is that it gets the large template. So anything that you've flown over before, uh, well, during your turn, you can drop the large template on that and then you scatter. So it may be that it doesn't have anything, but you've got a reasonable chance of actually taking something out with the big template. Uh, and the extra bit is that if it succeeds, you can throw a dice D6 and on a four plus you get to do it again with a small template. <laughs> Scattering yeah. again. That's, it sounds like fun. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Are they all rare as well? The um, the gyro the special, still rare. Gyrocopter special, special, and the bombers oh, rare. Okay, and you can take you can take six, um, or six copters. Six copters, yeah. They come in units of two, then. No, nope, unit one. Unit one. So they're all solos. Yeah. All right. Okay. And you can normally take three specials. I can't have the same kind. Uh, Six. A dwarf army may include up to six gyrocopters and up to twelve in a grand army. Right. Yeah, okay. does yeah, that? That's, that's a special exception, then. Yeah. Ah, okay. Cool. But yeah, it's a little box on there. Ah, good stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, they want to sell those gyrocopter models. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> twenty, twenty quid each. <laughs> I like them. I like them a lot. I, I do like them. them. Yeah. I like that, and every yeah. most people are going to hate them, but yeah. I think I think they're quite, quite. Cool. They look like yeah, they look like Doctor Robotnik. 
and he's uh, they look a lot like Doctor Robotics. <laughs> his yeah. first, uh, the first yeah. level incarnation. <laughs> I kind of quite like them, but then but think that at the same time they're silly and they don't really suit Warhammer. Oh yeah, I uh, like them. I, but I don't like them for Warhammer, and they're, they're very World of Warcraft, aren't they? I wish they were just a tiny bit more wood in them. Or, or a bit more leather or something. Just something a bit more... Yeah, a bit I know less high-tech. A bit less They're perfect. a bit too shiny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're a bit too well-shaped. Mm. Yeah, they should be sort of rough around the edges yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like the old gyrocopter was. Yes. Was like... There was a lot of canvas on it. Ah, yeah. yeah. It was total bolted-together thing. It was just a, a tub. Yeah. It looks very professionally put together in a factory. This looks like it came out like a Vauxhall factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, it's the, fresh off the line. The wee extra thing about the copter actually is that you can have Vanguard for it now with a wee bit of extra points. Mm-hmm. So they yeah, can get great. right up to the front. Uh, plus Could you a... have your entire army vanguarding? Uh... Could they all take <laughs> that? Could every single unit take that rune? The Strollers rune, can you? Do more than what's the rule again of the runes? Because you've got the rule of um, what is it? All the rune rules. The rule of pride. No more than one item may carry the same combination of runes. So no, you couldn't have more than one uh, banner with just Strollaz rune on it. Well, but could you combine it? Yeah. Yes, you can put if you put someone else on it as well. So you have basically have to combine it with GP runes to make it unique. I see. Yeah. All right. So doing that, you could presumably get it on quite a few units. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then with some copters as well, you can mm-hmm. easily have your whole army vanguard. I don't know if you'd want your whole army vanguard. No. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway across the board. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, yeah, we're really close. Oh, hang on. We're fighting loads and loads of blood crushes. <laughs> yeah, and we're still two moves away from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the last, the only other new unit is the Iron Drakes. Now these guys are, I can't really tell, I'll have to try them out. Maybe you can tell more from just the numbers, Joe. Um, they're shooters, so they do, they've basically got a hand weapon with uh, flaming uh, flaming wounds on it, whatever you want to call it. And what's the principle? Is it is it a gun or does it use the template? No, it's a gun. It's guns. Just guns, yeah. Normal guns. But they're off but ballistic they skill. Hand... What's that, sorry? Do they use that in hand-to-hand as well? Uh, no, they've got a hand, hand weapon too. Okay. So they have... The, well, one of the biggest things about them is they've got this crazy armour. So they've got flame-retardant armour. You get like a you get a crazy uh, flame save. Uh, like a, a ward save, sorry. Two up, I think it is. Against flame attacks. Against so flame like attacks, having, yep. Like having dragon helm or something. Exactly, yeah. Same as, yeah, elf dragon princes have that don't they, as well, I think. Do they? Yeah, so if they got in combat against each other and you got a flaming... If they've got a flaming banner on each unit, that's going to take on... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not much is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Dullest fight of Warhammer. <laughs> a bit of big, long punch-up from the yeah. fashion. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's uh, what's the difference? What's a missile weapon? As opposed to any other kind of weapon. As opposed to a what weapon, sorry? A missile weapon. What's a missile weapon? Uh, like a bow or a pistol, something that you... Is that all it is? With it. Yeah. Right, okay, cool. Is that the name of it, though? Yeah, it says it's a missile weapon. I just... I, that's probably a stupid okay. question, but I just want... I, want I'd, I hadn't thought that that would be any different from a... Well, I wondered whether it would be different from a bow and arrow or a gun or something like that. 
Obviously. Yeah, it'll just be a, it'll be a new kind of weapon. It'll have a profile and yeah. instead of the profile that's in the rulebook. Yeah, I think they get these guys. So what's it? So tell us about tell what's us about the range? weapon then. What's its range? Range eighteen, uh, strength five. Mm. Ooh, so it's <laughs> a very strong short range. Uh, ballistic skills only three though, so it's not going to hit very Over often. Nine inches, yeah. You need the fives to hit. Yeah. Uh, but I think the big thing is that they've, they've got shit hot armor, and uh, they're What's as good. The armor? As, is it Gromrel armor four up? Gro- yeah, yeah, four up. Uh, plus that, um, plus a six plus ward save against all Are attacks. They squats? Are they squats? Have they just brought back squats and called them fire drake? <laughs> <laughs> they Possibly. look almost identical to the. They look almost identical to uh, um, Mantics. Uh, dwarves, mantics, yeah, yeah, they look a lot like forge filers, really, yeah. <laughs> Which um, are squats anyway. It's not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dwar- dwarves, dwarves in armor, in but they don't space. look. <laughs> well, to be fair though, they don't look as sci-fi as the. Uh, they don't look as sci-fi as the as those helicopters. No, a wee bit more warhammery, but still. Mm. Um. Did you catch that? They've got a six plus against all attacks. Six plus ward save. Six sorry. Plus ward save. Yeah. Right. They sound like they're going to be quite expensive little buggers. Yeah, they're the most expensive unit in the in the book. Fifteen points. Oh, sorry, uh, a little bit more than the others. But less than twenty <laughs> points each. Still yes. Exactly. Yes. Ooh, they, well, they pretty. They sound pretty good then. Oh really? Could you get the Vanguard banner on? Get yourself marching up there. Yeah. And... <laughs> I can see them oh, being pretty. Sorry, go on. Comparable to sort of executioners and stuff like that, sort of mm. that sort of special troop, right. that sort of elite um, infantry. I think they'll be good. They're they're going to be good for defending, aren't they? Sitting still and basically taking a charge because they're going to get off a fast yeah. uh, towards. Yeah, they're going to get off a, a shot against any chargers. They're going to be not the minus yep. one because they've got their dwarf forged armor. Uh, sorry, weapons. They've got armor piercing. They've got strength five. So. Strength five and armor piercing. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah, they're going to be. They're going to take. Nothing's going to charge them basically. Or it shouldn't. <laughs> so yeah, they're just going to be a big kind of roadblock in the way of anything. Maybe stick them in front of your war machines eh, and stop them. Exactly. That's, yeah. exactly. that's what's going to happen. In the gunline army, they're going to be very powerful. Yeah. 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 Them knocking about in gun light because they don't sound that expensive. Yeah. Oh, I but forgot to mention. Are. Forgot to mention they're quick to fire as well. They're quick to fire. So yeah. They can move and fire what? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those those are going to sit in front of your war machines. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not going to be many people building uh, iron breakers. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> From a dual kit. No. It's all going to be squats. Yeah. Oh, is it, I I thought it was uh, hammers and iron breakers in the same kit. Is it iron drakes and iron breakers? That makes sense yeah. from the yeah. armor and stuff, obviously. <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah, the only other thing actually, I think that's me. Are they rare? Or are they? Uh, they are rare. Special? Yes. They're. Oh, are they? Oh, bigger parts. Yeah, they're rare. They're rare. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. For a rare unit, they sound reasonable. Yeah. So if you do take those, per list, they'll eat you into your rare allowance and be quite pricey. That will actually it will actually take away from you machines then for your better yeah. well will it, i don't know whether cannon, cannons are special aren't they no, uh, they are yeah the only war machines guns. that are red are organ gun and flame cannon all right okay. and they're they weren't the they weren't the strongest options were they 
What's that, sorry? The flame cannon used to be rubbish, but now, how is it now? Is it well, now? I've heard, yeah, I read somebody else, I, heard, I read saying that it was a lot better, but I can't really see why. <laughs> um, it seems to do the same, as far as I can see. Maybe slightly different. Anyway, yeah. But the organ gun is better, isn't it? Well, the organ gun is funny because it's better in that it does the two, it does more hits. So um, it's two artillery dice instead now. You add them up. It misfires less because uh, obviously you only... Well, if you get one misfire on two dice, it just uh, fires a bit less, I think it is. Let me look it up so I can actually tell you. Um, yeah, I think it just... Well, essentially, um, it's on. It's now on ballistic skill to hit, so it's not automatic hits like it used to be. So, so even it's though... one shot. Sorry. You mean it's like one shot? No, I think you can shoot every turn. Yeah. But no, I mean, do you um you you roll to hit once? No, no, you roll to hit per, per each shot. I think calls. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you yeah, roll your artillery dice. Which is the same as the M Yeah. yeah. Tells how many shots you get, and then you roll those for then. So that, yeah. Shots yes. Okay. Has it uh, got a better range now? Though? I'm sure. Uh, it's got a range of thirty. Yeah, so it's a bit more. Oh, right. It was twenty-four range, before, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That'll make that'll make a big difference. Though. It will actually. Yeah, you're right. Aye, that's a fair extra bit, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Which means you can be in range on turn one. You yeah. couldn't be before, could you? Yeah. Ooh. The uh, if you get the one misfire, it's only a minus. Excuse me, a minus one to hit. Uh, and it's only if you roll both a misfire, both dice a misfire, then you get the uh, the d six. Um, misfire chart, so that's good. So I can't really. I, I don't. I don't know the maths off the top of my head. I'm not sure whether it's more or less hits based on the uh, the fact that you have to actually roll to wound. I guess. What are you going to average on two artillery dice? Uh, what is it? Probably 12, four probably and six, maybe 10, about ten to twelve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we we'll call it twelve because that's easily done. You're only going to hit four times. Okay, and it used to be. So actually, maybe yeah, it's about the same then. You get yeah. fives to hit um, if it's long range or if you're over you're being charged. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah the average is probably yeah the average is probably not that different, but you you're, you're never going to get the ten hits again, are you? Yeah. But it's very unlikely you're going to get the ten, which you could get quite easily. Through the yes, exactly. Yeah, it always seemed to happen quite often with the organ gun for some reason. For me, yeah, anyway. I've rolled a ten on misfired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It was always guts. Or, it was always glory or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I don't think it's rubbish. It's, it's yeah, it's cool. So you're pumped to play. Yeah, a, definitely. A list in mind of what yeah, you're going to yeah. bring for you. I'm looking forward to dwarves. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't think there'll be any miners anymore because we don't have the sort of. Well, actually, I never used the anvil anyway. To be fair, but you know the old miner uh, move them straight yeah. in trick. Um, so I probably won't be using them much, but I might use uh, slayers a bit more now. Actually, I didn't mention that, but they've got a death blow rule. So when they die, when any slayer dies, it gets to make a free hit against uh, the unit, any unit that's touching it. Does do they have killing blow? Uh, no, no. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That, that would be even, that would be even fluffier. If you got if they got heroic yeah. killing blow yeah. when they die, yeah, totally. But when open levels, so maybe a giant slayer gets killing blow, and then yeah, maybe one of them gets <laughs> yeah, heroic that killing blow. That'd be a very yeah. cool thing. Yeah, yeah, just like one, just one attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with a killing blow, so that when, yeah, when when the troll takes him out, yeah, that would be very cool. <laughs> but did they do it? Well, they haven't done that. No. 
No, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, Whistler. We can push the entire next campaign. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think our next campaign isn't going to be Warhammer, is it? <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. Um, probably be Warpack. Oh, does that does that go into our next topic? Actually, that maybe Colin's not finished like talking. Segue. <laughs> it's no, a segue, just... but it's Colin. Colin Mark's Mark's out of ten for the for the book, then, Colin. Let's finish off. What's your, what's your score out of ten for the new dwarf book? I think uh, I really, I, well, I obviously wanted it to be a ten. It's just not. It's not. I was wanting some new. I was wanting some new big stuff. And the gyro bomber is kind of cool, but it isn't different enough. It's just there's not enough change. It's too much of the old same. So I'm going to say six. Six. The Book of Grudges. Is yeah, totally. entry. Yeah, bloody <laughs> Games Workshop and the Book of Grudges. <laughs> it's because you, you didn't spend 60 quid on the cover that doesn't have any art on it and yeah. just has a couple of runes. Exactly. And the special, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's mental. It's just it's not big enough to be worth 30 quid, is it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I want one too much. And on, and on that grudge. <laughs> We'll go. We'll take a break and go into our next topic, folks, and we'll talk about. So, Joe, you've been uh, you've been doing a lot of work in Warpack, as you said before. You you sat and played a game with Matt, who had his input into it, um, and then you did a hell of a lot of of, of working. Um, that I've seen over the last couple of months. Why don't you tell us uh, yes. about those developments? Indeed, yeah, I've been beavering away on uh, Warpack, which is my own fantasy wargaming system that I've been working on. Um, and I think last time we were talking about it, I was kind of struggling with the uh, which way to go in terms of factions, because I wanted each player to have um, a choice of different fantasy factions you could play that would have their own feel. And um, I wasn't sure whether I was gonna just have have like kind of designer complete control, kind of the way that Warhammer does it. Like the, they'll say these are the factions, this is what each one can do, these are the ones that you have to use in the game, um, or whether I wanted to go with like a more toolkit approach, where people could have the um, the formula to calculate units themselves and basically build whatever units they wanted into their factions. So I've gone back to uh, to the drawing board with the factions and like got rid of some of the, the lists that I'd worked out that I had been testing it with, which was just based on what I thought the unit should be, and tried to build um, a scoring system for faction generation. So whatever faction you want to play, um, you've got so many points to spend in the different areas that unlock different uh, technologies or different unit types, which gives you essentially the contents of, of your own army book. Which is, uh, <clears throat> and as I've been sitting and trying to work it out, I mean, I've been trying to trying to make up factions that are kind of fit my model collection, but then you can think of it in terms of what crazy stuff can you come up with? You got you want an alliance between, you want to race, you know, basically making your army books an alliance between uh, dwarves and skaven and Hey goblins, why not <laughs> have yeah, like a crazy yeah. under an underground collective? And there's rules for doing that where you've started off with the same rules as as everyone else as as your opponent. No, that's that's the idea. I've tried to do it as, as a tool set where you can grab whichever bits you want and you pay so many points based on your uh, basic profile of your 
you know, regular troops for that faction, which might just be one race, or you can pay extra points and have access to additional races or additional types of a slightly different profile, but still fight for you. So, yeah. So, so you got like your, you can have your dwarf cavalry. Uh, yeah, you yeah. can include all your all your models <laughs> yeah. that you picked up because you think they're cool, rather than you think I'm this this is this is a sort of a broken broken unit in the meta game. You've just picked up a dwarf riding a badger or a. <laughs> <laughs> or your what what other units or a or a giant elf. Uh yeah. So yeah, Joe, that that was one of the bit that I was struggling to get my head around. I think I might have got it now, but just to make sure. The whole different race thing. So yeah, you can pay for variety, was it called? Diversity. Diversity, yeah. Calling the stat at the moment in the uh, yeah, current yeah. playtesting version. Yeah. Cool. So you can play pay for diversity and that means that well, I'll say it's the other way around. Normally, you basically have one stat line, which is your base. Yeah. That's your basic stat line, and every single one of your units needs to be based on that stat line. And you can only... Pretty much. Yeah. So you only need... You can only... What was it? The veteran gets you an extra strength, toughness, uh, discipline, whatever. Yeah. Um, or, or if you take the brute... Um the Bruter Beast thing, you basically, if you start off with humans as your base race, then you get a massive human. So, uh, so yeah, to be able, so say I've got dwarfs, I've got like really tough but slow as hell. If I pay for diversity, I can have something that's really weak but really fast as well in my army. Um, yeah, kind kind of. Although <laughs> movement isn't is a slight exception in that. Oh, really? Okay. You have to, yeah, you can't just pay for like really fast troops. So it'd be more about unlocking cavalry. If you wanted to have like regulars who who had a decent movement, you'd have to pay a bit more to increase your movement. I think okay. we're talking about a lot about the unit types. Shall we maybe talk about what those types are and and just yeah. just, just briefly go through them and see what what the what each of those does. So these are options, but. Or maybe go back to, right, there are basically three stages that we're talking about. The first stage is, uh, the first stage would be building your faction, building your, I suppose you call it a best theory. Um, yeah, I've called, I've called it uh, racial composition. Have I got racial composition or, at the moment? Faction, faction formation faction. is called. Oh, faction second, formation. Yeah. yeah. Your, second, your second stage would be once you've actually decided what your what areas your race is good at what what the focus is and the theme of your of your army from from the point spain would be building the unit entries in the in the uh faction that's right side which uh you know this is what my this is what my you could build several types of regular infantry a couple of types of rare rare cavalry and a few war machines and then after that you can then sort of then the third stage would be your army building when you've got your uh, when you're actually taking those unit entries and deciding how many how big your unit's going to be and what yeah. options they have. So we're talking about the first stage just now, which is building your army building your army book, and I suppose the second stage as well, building building your units. So how good how good your army is at producing these different army different unit types. Um, is something I have to think about. So, what are what are the unit types? Okay, the different unit types. There's the standard infantry, which it's assumed that every faction has access to, in in some capacity. Um, and then there's the rabble type, which is 
your weak infantry versions, um, so goblins or peasant militia, things like. If if their stat line is under a certain level, then they count. They're counted as rabble because they're just they're not that good. Um, yeah, but sleeve, have, sleeve troops, things like that. Yeah, that's right. But you have to unlock the rabble option as a specific option. You don't you don't just get that um, because they do have their own rules. Like you, they're a lot cheaper. You can feel bigger units of them more cheaply. Um, and then after the rabble, rabble actually also unlocks swarm units, who are um, you know, some terminology kind of borrowed from Warhammer, but they're just like weak. Um, masses of critters and things so you'd have like a rat swarm or a um, swarm of snakes or something like that um, but they're a minor choice and then there's the cavalry choice which is um, a, a big list of different options and based on how many points your faction invests into cavalry so this is yeah, back to the concept of how what models you can use and, and how you see your faction operate in the world it unlocks different types of mount for your regular infantry, which you then combine the two profiles and make them into cavalry units. Yeah, and these are all like templates that you just sort of stick onto your basic uh, unit, uh, your yeah. basic unit um, profile, and you just stick on bonuses to strength, bonuses to toughness, bonuses to their move. Exactly, that's right. Um, and I mean, there's lots of different types of cavalry, but we won't go into them just yet. Yeah. Uh, and then. The other unit type, um, which you get ranked, is the brute type, brutes or beasts that I've gone for, which are just huge creatures or humanoids, you know, much bigger than your, your average guy, um, who usually come on bigger size bases. Um, and they have, they get access to a much stronger starting profile, um, but they kind of pay a premium in that you don't get as many of them per rank when you're buying a full rank um, and they're a bit more expensive to kit out and based on your faction you decide you know whether there are these brutish creatures or big humanoids or whatever in your faction's boundaries who will fight for you um, or not so you might play an army that doesn't have any brute units or you might play an army that's you specialize in brute units so you can bring them in as regular troops so that's, that's like if you're doing your ogre type list or you want to do a troll troll based horde you could pay a lot of points, pay the maximum points in the brute section to get them unlocked. Yeah, I quite like the symmetry of, of every single thing you can spend points on, whether that's how fast your army is, how strong they are, um, how how military dis militarily disciplined they are. You've got a four points, one you know, you know, zero to four points for each of these things uh, to to choose from. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to keep it simple for now. Well, cu current, currently, we do, the, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah this is all just suppose. Exactly, it's all uh, a project in development. Um, and so, just to cover the other unit types briefly, then got war machines uh, and weapon teams, which I've, based on feedback from uh, from Grant, I've kind of amalgamated them into one choice. Uh, <laughs> and then there's cavalry units. Um, Monster units were like single huge creatures, uh, like giant size, dragon size, um, and missing that. I think the only other th option is, is flyers, who are not not units in themselves, but you but unlock the ability to fly, which they then combine with one of your other units to create a unit of uh, flying infantry or flying brutes or mm -hmm. cavalry or whatever. 
I do really or like I, uh, the idea realm to create an army book. I think that was the thing that took me a while to get my head around as well. I kind of thought I was making an army list as opposed to an army book. And uh, I didn't yeah. really get the fact that all of the units seemed to have the same skills and same traits, but then realized that that's basically how you differentiate. That's how you create your book because you say, right, my slayers, they're going to have slayer and tooled up. And uh, these other ones, even though like even though the slayers could choose from a whole bunch of stuff, uh, and then these other ones that are exactly the same stats, but they're going to have a couple of different skills instead from yeah. that list. So yeah, exactly. I think that yeah, I think that if we can, if you can make that balanced and work really well, that could be a really popular thing. Because what, what I mean, gamers they love making army lists, but what, they probably love making an army book even more. But they'll actually write all the fluff around it and actually put together an army, writing up all the types of units, all that kind of stuff. I think that could work really well. I've been playing around with this over the weekend. We both were, but I basically was all day Sunday playing around with this. Um, and it oh, felt cool. What have you come up with? You have to tell me. Then, yeah. Oh, it was made. Of, I was mainly just making a spreadsheet so I could make a make a form to sort of streamline the thing uh, as as much as I could. Um, so I was just yeah, like I say, I've not come up with anything yet. It was just well, actually, I was just sort of mapping stuff for my existing. Uh, for my existing um, models, yeah. So, how are you going with the, the collection? Are you combining like your uh, your uh, demon worshippers and your dark elves together into one faction? Then that would be really cool. And that's to... next. I was just yeah. trying to make a very generic thing for um, if you know if we are going on towards uh, uh, sort of playtesting on a, with a, with a larger with a larger group of people, just making making something that will fit with some of these Warriors of Chaos um, collection. Cool, and uh, yeah, it's just fun. But I was looking at all the things that I could do, and just thinking I could make another faction here that does ha that does combine my elves or does. I've actually I was on I wanted to buy a couple of paints last night, so I was going on the uh, went on a website to buy some stuff, and I was, I was just looking and thinking, I'm gonna buy a unit of uh, I'm gonna buy a unit of or a box of Empire Flagellants from Warhammer, just because they make very they make a very cool rabble for my Warriors of Chaos army. Yeah. And I've, I've, how many times am I moaning about the fact that these Marauders that you get for Warhammer Fantasy are just too big and too beefy, and as you want people coming from the frozen north or or rising up uh, to fight for chaos inside the Empire, who are just desperate and and sucked in by the by the lure of Slanesh. <laughs> and they, they they don't even know how far they come. They just they're just like slaves to slaves to darkness, as the old book was called. And mm -hmm. yeah, so there we go. I've got a I've got a bunch of desperate sort of rangy humans now that I could actually put into this army that would fit in well. Uh, Colin's got some dwarf cavalry, uh, so he could fit yeah. that into his army. Oh, I have um, fit it in. I will fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and all, all these crazy models that you pick up, you can just you can just uh, use this formula yeah. and uh, come come up with a, an army book of your own uh, to 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 fit them in. Yeah, and, I think and it's it'll... not it is sorry. And you do have a system. It's not just you're randomly putting them on and and chucking dice or chucking down cards to see um, to see what happens. Uh, it is a game with it is a game with rules, and you are playing to the same rules as everyone else. Yeah, and and my hope is that it'll work really well in a campaign environment as well, that you can create create you know, your unique 
faction that you're going to play in that campaign with all their backstory and then tie it into some of the, the, the Pretenders campaign based system and stuff. And it'll add a, a lot of depth to that. Yeah, well, absolutely. That, that sort of thing to Colin when, when he was over is that, um, you know, you can build, you, you got currently 34 points to spend on your, uh, to spend on all your, uh, your stats. Yeah, we've your... got it to 33 now that uh, the duos are gone. <laughs> oh, Damn you, Grant, and you're going to have to, yeah, you're going to have to. Be, be kind <laughs> to your playtester, sir. <laughs> that's, no, that's, there was good feedback, yeah. I should drop a, drop a, a category, so I've got to drop the off. I think 33 sounds better than 34. <laughs> <laughs> 33 is the magic number. Yeah. Um, I changed my spreadsheet now. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, campaigns. We talked about. Yeah, you can actually increase the number of points that's in your for your army book. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to so you have access to to more stuff as you go on. You can uh, boost your uh, unit entries. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Even the scope for, for losing access as well, like you might lose your your black powder access or something. You might lose the the gunpowder yeah. trade routes or something, and suddenly you can't choose from that technology anymore. So the scope for putting that in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When are we starting the uh, Warpack campaign then? When the rules are right on the end, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could start. We could start as long as you're uh, yeah, amenable to the rules. Maybe slightly change in play. We could start as soon as everyone's ready. Uh, wait a minute. I can see the rules changing very much in uh, some particular players' favour. Every <laughs> no, single not, turn. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Not, you'll all be, got, we'll be on my back. <laughs> we've got to all be able to change it then. <laughs> We might actually be able to get get in games because it's not because it's much faster than Warhammer. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or getting more games because it's a card game we could probably play it on uh, Lackey CCG get some online stuff yeah that should be, yeah, they, should be feasible but suppose, might be quite hard to program yeah, well, I think we have be. experimented with uh, webcams and having proxy boards and stuff yeah, but true. yeah it's not the same yeah it's I think not, I think it would be it wouldn't right. be Lackey it would be um, uh, Vassal or, or something like that, where you have an actual board there with units on them, so you can agree the. Yeah, for playtesting purposes, it'd be good. It's not as fun. I mean, the point is, you've got your you got your armies out, you got all all your weird and wonderful models that you yeah. want, that you've made rules for. Yeah, my um my what do you call it? Uh, what did you buy me? A cockatrice. My cockatrice is definitely going to make it into the dwarven army. <laughs> Awesome. Although you'd be able to, to field that um, at Battle Brothers if you wanted now, because uh, scrolls of binding are illegal. Oh, really? Now. Yeah. Ah, in World interesting. Stuff, so. so even dwarfs can use it? Even dwarfs can use it, yeah. Nice. Anyone, anyone can use scrolls of binding, so it's, yeah. Every, every army's got a massive um, array of creatures and allies that they can now choose from. <laughs> cool. but, uh, that is a bit wacky. It, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit wacky and is quite open to abuse, but yeah, it's just, let you use some cool yeah. models. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so as long as everyone doesn't just bring a Kadai destroyer they've made themselves out of ping pong balls or something, because there isn't an official model for there it. There isn't actually a legal way of legal so, way of taking that to taking that to the tournament, because they say you have to use their model, but only if they produce one. If they don't produce a model, I don't think you have to use theirs, do they? 
because you can't. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can you can bring the ping pong balls. <laughs> anyway, back to back to war pack, the better yeah. game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you can field war pack um, ping pong balls in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Don't want to say if you wish. To. <laughs> so you um, tell us about the. So you told us about all the unit types. No. I think so. I think we ran think. through all of them. Okay. Um. But also, yeah. There are also the stats that you have to pay for, uh, which are fairly self-explanatory. You can make your you're faster, tougher, stronger, and with more discipline. Um. Yeah. You know, in the better you are at those things, the the bigger stats are. The more you have to spend on them. At the faction creation stage. Yeah, that's it. So I've just gone for just just the four core stats, which I think. Uh, probably enough enough uh, difference between units not getting too complicated. Mm -hmm. And uh, so far on playtest, that seems to work pretty well. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the technologies, or the yes, the, t the technologies that you can spend points on. So what do, what do they split into? Um, they split into basically getting your faction access to different uh, skills, which I'm calling traits and equipment. So uh, first technology is armor working, how good your faction is at producing armor of varying qualities, um, which might range to... Yeah, like so if you... Sorry. So, sorry, I was going to say, it might range from zero, where your regular units, don't, they don't get any armor or don't get anything that provides them with anything that uh, would make a difference in, in a fight, um, to the, the other end where if you put all your points into armor working, where you could field every army, every sorry, every unit in your army with heavy armor and with tower shields, if you wanted. So they'd all be really including well protected. Including yeah, including mages. That's yeah, the only way to unlock wizards being able to wear armor as well to take the uh, armor working at that level. Yeah. So in Warhammer parlance, if you look at look at their ranges, then you're talking about going all the way from down down from wood elves all the way up to warriors of chaos. Indeed, yes, that, uh, that works as an analogy. Um, and then the other technologies are things like archery, like how skilled your faction is with bows. Um, like at the very the lowest level, um, I'd say like every faction gets access to some things for free. They get shields, spears, and short bows or slings. Uh, they're your free uh, technologies that everyone can access. And then the more you spend in archery, the better bows you can get up to if you've got the maximum, which is... Uh, Elven technology, so you have the elven bows, which are obviously better than those of mortal races. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's black powder technology as well. You know, whether you've discovered gunpowder or how well your faction can put it to use, which unlocks uh, various upgrades for your war machines, allowing you to take cannons and mortars and instead of uh, stone throwers and uh, ballista and um, Personal handguns as well at a higher higher level. If you've spent enough points, you can actually feel the unit equipped with uh, muskets, essentially. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder. I was initially by uh, making them, Joe. I was kind of thinking, like you make a unit. Well, you choose level four armor, for example, get the tower shields and heavy armor plus yeah. uh, black powder, and I just felt like you could make the most ridiculously powerful army. Not really realizing the fact that that suddenly made every single unit in your army ridiculously expensive, and you can only afford about ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I just mean I hadn't at that point. I hadn't when I was looking at that stage of it, like making the initial um, what do you call it technology 
uh, rates like one to four. I hadn't yeah. realized at that point that this actually translated into more expensive units or, you know, the price of the units would go up based on that. So, yeah. yeah, well, it just it just unlocks technologies. You don't have to buy them from yes. the units. You yeah. can buy units with just the base profile. But yeah. if you put a lot into your base profile, if you've got a high base profile of your race, then, yeah, your basic units are going to be quite expensive. Yeah. I think, Cole, did you not initially, when you're you're trying to create a race of dwarves, you put the maximum into uh, into their toughness? Yeah. So not only Four not only the, oh, right. they had the maximum toughness uh, um, trait, <laughs> uh, sorry, stat, but they also all had regenerate. <laughs> yeah. What did I write on the fact on the um, examples? It wasn't like examples like iron golems or something, earth yeah. elemental <laughs> toughness <laughs> given to your dwarves. Oh, <laughs> dwarves are the most fortunatus. <laughs> people in the world aren't they but they don't grow back arms <laughs> well mine do now they do you could have you could have that though if you're one of a faction like that yeah like yeah. maybe they've, they've yeah. developed bionic tech to the level that they can replace their own yeah or something. absolutely <laughs> and the model the modeling opportunities to be to for playing this game are just huge yeah <laughs> you know Combining, kept bashing and and uh, thinking about what what you could just having a cool idea that you've made up on paper and then yeah. going with it. Uh, oh, talking the about stuff out. talking about a slight slight sidetrack, but kind of related. I spotted a, an army of dwarfs on uh, Kickstarter yesterday. Um, Anvilborn dwarfs or something were called, and it was a it was a total alternative. I'd never heard of the oh, they are, before. Iron beards. I I'm not sure, but basically they were all robots essentially. They were all steam powered armor, and it was all totally like that uh, Snorri model that I bashed together uh, mm. years ago. Oh, yeah. They were amazing. They were looked really really cool. Inspired. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, they they look really good. Yeah, the iron beards on Kickstarter. Is that, Is that still going? Yeah. No, it was That's finished. I was devastated because I missed uh, it entirely. Uh, oh yeah, they 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 thirty thousand pledged of two thousand go. Yeah, geez, two hundred sixty five backers. That's a that's an average of a lot. Yeah, we're trying no, to do this well. place yeah. in the last. Well, episode. they did well because it was a well made Kickstarter. Because the stuff, the models were amazing, and actually they designed all the graphics and all that kind of stuff really well as well. It just looked good. Titan Forge, cool. I think we can look forward to that stuff coming out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, some of those some of those uh, models won't have rules in any accepted game. But I suppose in the age of the Kickstarter, when people are just buying the coolest looking models, um, some of which may they may be able to use for existing systems, some of them won't. Oh, Grant's gone. Have we lost Grant? Disaster. <laughs> I think what he was about to say is that Warpack is about to fill a, a gaping hole in gaming there, Joe, for all these cool models exactly. that are for sale on Kickstarter. Yeah, hopefully that's the idea. That's <laughs> what, yeah. Like, just grab your coolest models and uh, bash something together and, and you know you'll be able to use them in the game. Build that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually... I. I I think there was. It was just before. Well, sorry. I'll start the start the story saying that we're, I was over at Grant's and we started. We tried to put together our armies for Warpack uh, mm. of an evening. We got there about seven. I got there about seven o'clock, and it took us through till about ten or so before we realised that we weren't going to get a game because it was taking too long. So we played something else yeah. instead. But by that point, I was totally. I think it had clicked about ten minutes before that what I was actually creating, like the whole army book thing, and it's kind of it's been running through my head since then. I need to actually sit down and start creating the units like actually writing the well, let's put it straight in the fluff like once you've got that base the next thing is actually creating some fluff that determines what traits you're going to choose for each 
type of unit and actually creating them then, isn't there? Yeah, I think that helps. I think in, and uh, I should certainly say the stage it's at, yeah, it's not really written for you to um, be able to write playable units from. Yeah, so you can do, but I haven't quite got that far. I was just like, just wanting you to get an idea of uh, building up the, the factions stats and see how that went. So that seems to have gone um, reasonably well. Yeah. But but yeah, I would recommend that you, you have the fluff, or at least some idea of the fluff, pretty early on, like even at the same time as you're buying your traits, maybe. Just, yeah. Like, what do you, what do you mean it's not ready for creating playable units? What do you think is missing so far, or at the moment? I just haven't put all the all the steps in, all the steps in in a logical order, I think, because I just wrote that document just for um, building the factions and, and kind of giving you, telling you what you've got access to, but yeah. not, I'd missed out the steps of like how to actually cost the units and things. And there are uh, okay. various other documents mostly in the in the same folder. Yeah, yeah. Like in, I think it's in, in the, the Warpack rules itself where it tells you, um, you know, based on your command structure, that lets you take a certain number of rare units like, mm. for each point of command you've got you can take either a single rare unit or two elite units so you need to know all that to be able to, be able yeah. to build a list yeah yeah i to build yeah totally but but you could at this point with all the stuff that's there build your army book rather than yeah. just a list yeah yeah you could build your book exactly yeah. everything that you've got we hadn't got to the access to yeah yeah we hadn't got to the characters so i've no idea how you go about building characters but um it's They're seemed... pretty simple so far really yeah they are literally just like you add up all the points and and that's it. But they follow a they follow um a formula based on your uh, races stat line anyway. Okay. So so like your mage characters will just have your bases basic stat line and that's it. And then as characters they've got access to like everything in your faction, every right. weapon or type of well, our mages can't wear armor, but yeah. heroes heroes can have any type of armor and any weapon available to you, your guys and any mount available. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, sounds good. I think I might sit down and uh, spend an hour or so after this. Do some uh, do some units. Yeah, that would be excellent. <laughs> love to see what you come up with. I've, I've just been working through it and working through my, my collections and doing like a, um, a Vermling list. Yeah. Of my, which, which is a, an underground alliance that I've gone for. So it's it's mostly like the rat, rat kins yeah. using my Skaven models, but also... They've got an agreement with the goblins, so they've got they have goblins fighting for them as right. well and stuff. Yeah, okay. Because they they bought because they bought rabble at a high enough level, they could have like three core rabble units. Yeah, I was thinking like, use giant rats for one. I can use like the slaves gave them for another one. But yeah, only, but I could field another one. So oh, yeah, let's get goblins in. Just... <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> have them as the lowest of the low. Yeah, <laughs> even below the the younglings in the the vermin society. Yeah, so. <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> I was uh, I was building my uh, my age old dream from years back of uh, using my uh, my dwarf and cavalry the dwarfs on goats so it was going to be the <sighs> the dwarfs from the barbaric dwarfs from the frozen wastes so they're marching down out of the out of the north on their goat steeds and a, a few on mammoths and uh, possibly a couple of monsters they've brought with them too so basically it's uh, yeah cavalry dwarfs with a couple of beasties too <laughs> which is why I wish dwarfs were anyway. Yeah, see that'll be that'll be fun. <laughs> I'll make I'll make up for the fact that they're uh, suddenly tough and fast moving by the fact they'll probably not have any armor or anything like that, just because you know they're all wondering about just in loincloths being bar barbarians and all. Yeah, it'll be like that. That's what I'm aiming for. That something's got to give. You can't just yeah. have everything in your faction. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's going to have a, a distinct feel. Yeah, it's not the same as someone else's dwarf faction. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Route. <laughs> yeah, maybe less discipline and less uh, armor working. That would be the, the compromise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I think we've lost Grant for good, so we might have to... Uh, oh, we've actually, I think we've gone about an hour and a half anyway, so we're probably about due to finish off. Yeah, so we didn't get around to Pumpkin Bomb, did we? Oh, no, to... we didn't. Oh, we can save that for a future one. We can save that, yeah. yeah. There's plenty there. Cool. Well, shall we tie it up? I... Good yeah, stuff. Let's wrap it up as yeah. it is. And uh, yeah, I have to watch this space for Warpack updates. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting another game of it, actually. We need to play again soon. Yeah, we'll try and fit one. Probably won't be able to fit one in on the next gaming night, but uh, fit another another mini game in. Indeed. In between. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, folks. And uh, we'll see you again on a future episode uh, as always contact us on uh, what is it again podcast at dicingwithdesign.com or put a comment on one of the posts it'd be great to hear some feedback and uh, especially around Warpack we've been chatting about Warpack for a while so it'd be good to hear what your thoughts are on it I'm sure Joe would love to hear some feedback so uh, yeah thanks very much and uh, oh yeah Twitter's as well what's your Twitter Joe? I'm at Joe Prince and I am uh, at Gamer Colin. Grant is at Grant Sensei and I think that'll do this. Cheers to the chat, Joe. Thanks. Thanks, Thomas. All right. Talk to you all soon. Bye.